Hello and welcome to the latest edition of China Inc. by Bamboo Works, where we discuss the latest business and financial news from China and what it all means. I'm Doug Young, Bamboo Works editor in chief, and I'm joined today by Renee Vangestein, one of our founding partners, who's also a longtime China watcher and former investment banker. Today we'll take a look at China's slipping taste for luxury. We'll also look at the Popeyes fried chicken chain. Which has announced a major new move in China after sputtering earlier in the market. So we'll start with luxury goods like Gucci bags and Hermes scarves, which were once all the rage in China. But things have changed under COVID these last few years, and last year the market actually contracted by 10%, which was the first such contraction in at least five years. So Renee, can you give us your take on why the market contracted last year and? Equally important, is this a short-term thing, or do you think this is the start of something longer? Well, I think that there are a few things that drive consumption of luxury goods. One is obviously the state of the economy.、Um, two is individual or consumer sentiment, and、um, I'm, you know, I'm not surprised that during a pandemic. Uh, people faced with, you know, a number of uncertainties about the future.、Uh, even if they are not spending a lot of money as they used to,、uh, would be pretty careful in terms of what they're spending money on, and in terms of saving for possibly rainy days. I think that, generally speaking, COVID. Has impacted the way that、uh, lots of people in China look at their condition, look at their life, and、uh, and what's ahead. It has highlighted a few things. One being economic weakness、uh, drives unemployment. Secondly, pandemics or major health problems have highlighted the fact that the healthcare system is、uh, not extremely strong, and we all know that a lot of people in China have、uh, serious concerns about whether they'll be able in the future to pay for healthcare services if they get sick, pay for their pension, or have enough money in retirement to be able to live comfortably, and so on. So it's、um, it, it's not really a surprise to me that quite a number of people, at least if not everybody, would have held back on、uh, on consumption or spending money on luxury goods.、Mm. Um, these are things that I think you do when you feel extremely positive about your future. Your income continues to rise. You know, real estate prices keep going up, so you feel richer, and on and on. And none of that really has. Happened much to the contrary over the last year, in particular, and and I think that people are concerned about what's ahead. So you think getting treated for COVID is is probably a little more important than the, your latest Gucci handbag? Well, absolutely. I'm not suggesting I'm not suggesting it's the same. It, it's the case for absolutely everybody, but I think that a lot of people have kind of reassessed their spending because of、uh, because of all of those factors. So, I mean, do you think that this is going to be a long-term trend, or is this just something that'll come and go, maybe this year, and and then we'll get back to a bigger growth trend, or maybe a more subdued growth trend, or what do you sort of see over the longer term? I think that at some point in time, assuming the economy、uh, rebounds and and economic growth is real, 
and sustained and relatively sizable and brings in more Chinese people into the middle class, that uh, you will see consumption rebounding and, and possibly growing. One has to question, though, you know, how many Louis Vuitton or Chanel bags an individual needs <laughs> uh, in life. So I think that growth could come from uh, a larger number of people making it to the middle class, but that, that depends on a lot of factors. As we all know, with respect to the Chinese economy, hmm. it's, uh, it's the economy overall, it's the real estate market, uh, and obviously the real estate market has gone down to the point where a lot of people feel less wealthy today than they felt, you know, two years ago or three years ago. Hmm. Okay. How about uh, just, uh, I guess, in the bigger picture, uh, you know, we've seen sort of China go from zero to the world's biggest luxury goods consumer in a very short time. I, I think they account for about half of the world's total spending, which is, mm. you know, amazing when you think that uh, that's, you know, China's about a quarter of the world's population, or, or I think even less now. Um, do you have any thoughts, you know, someone who's been here for a long time on what's behind China's fascination with luxury goods? Um, is this something that you see in a lot of sort of newly rich economies? Um, and, you know, do you think China is going to continue to be like consume half of the world's luxury spending uh, over the longer term? Well, uh, they certainly have the numbers for it, right? Uh, number one. Number two, overall, it is still a relatively new phenomenon, if you think going back to the 20th century. In China, compared to Europe, where basically luxury goods were pretty much invented and have been around for 100 years, and the US and other rich countries such as Japan and so on. But if, if you compare, for instance, with Japan, is Japan went from being a poor country post-Second uh, World War into becoming a... Uh, pretty powerful economy throughout the 80s and I would say the beginning of the 90s. Uh, you had a similar phenomenon where Japanese people started to feel wealthier and wealthier and uh, became, you know, very active consumers of luxury goods. You had uh, tours of Japanese people going to Europe and queuing up at Louis Vuitton and Chanel and all of those luxury stores in Europe and bringing back a lot of goods for themselves, for friends, and so on. Mm. And then as the economy uh, went into trouble, that obviously uh, tapered off a bit. Uh, I'm not suggesting that there's no luxury goods consumption in, in Japan today, but it certainly is on a different scale. What you have with China is two things. You have done a huge population, vast numbers of people, and secondly, uh, something that is still relatively new, probably about 15 years, 20 maximum, 15 years, with hopefully, for the good of the country and the good of the Chinese people, possibly another two, 300 million uh, Chinese people making it into the middle class over the coming decade or two decades hmm. and, and consuming. I mean, that's a lot of ifs and so on, but that's... If you look in terms of potential scenarios, that could definitely support the uh, consumption of luxury goods. 
Okay, right. I guess China's still got a lot more people to introduce to the luxury category. Right. Okay. Next, we're going to look at a couple of、uh, restaurant chains that I'm big fan of. So maybe that、uh, influenced why I chose them this week.、Uh, one is Popeyes in China, the the fried chicken chain. I said I'm a, a big fan, and the other one is、uh, Tim Hortons, which is a big Canadian chain、uh, that serves donuts and coffee. This story focuses on Popeyes in China, which is Just a couple of years after they opened their first outlet in Shanghai, Popeyes has suddenly closed all but two of its restaurants in China late last year. And now, the company's parent has announced a new arrangement, giving the brand to the operator of Tim Hortons donut and coffee chain in China. So it's a little bit of a musical chairs there, but. Tim Hortons definitely seems to be doing much better in China than Popeyes.、Uh, they've got hundreds of stores now in operation compared to the two I just mentioned for Popeyes. Tim Hortons is definitely taking a highly localized strategy, and I can speak、uh, from experience that I barely recognize their donuts. They're a lot lighter and chewier than the the ones you see in the U.S. So、uh, the question for you here is just. How important is this kind of localization for foreign restaurants in China? Well, the only example that uh, uh, that I can think of is Kentucky Fried Chicken (KFC), and、uh, as you pointed out, they've done very well over the years. They clearly went the localization route. I remember going into a KFC in Beijing. It must have been. Two thousand four or five. I got to the city late, and I was hungry. I was living in an apartment at the time. There was well, very, very few places open, but the KFC was open. So I went in there, and I went like, okay, well, I know what KFC is, <laughs> having lived in the U.S. for a long, long time. And so I went in, and I sat down, and I started to look at the menu, and all of a sudden, I didn't know what KFC was anymore. Because very clearly they had gone the localization route, and a lot of the dishes had a very distinct Chinese characteristic to、uh, to them.、Uh, not suggesting、uh, it was wrong at all, and obviously it was not. It worked extremely well for them. But I think it is important, unless you know, unless you're something like Starbucks, you came here when very few people. Drank coffee, and you basically introduced coffee to a large extent something new that people had not experienced before. So they went for the experience that Starbucks was offering, and it was the global experience that Starbucks offers everywhere in the world. Somehow people attached to that, accepted it, and、um, and it went on. And it, 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 there's a bit of localization in terms of some of.、Uh, The products, but but overall, you know, you go into a Starbucks coffee in China, in the U.S., in Europe, and you know, it's coffee and it's all the same coffee and mostly the same coffee and so on. So, if you look at food, though, that is a very different situation. I mean, Chinese people have obviously had their cuisine for you know centuries and millennia. Um, they're used to their food. They're used to the way that the ingredients, the way they cook, and all of that. So it, I think it makes a lot more sense for food chains,、uh, restaurant chains, to come here and and localize their product much more. 
because it, it's not like they're bringing something new. People have been eating food forever. Right. <laughs> yes, I, I would say that's uh, true. So do you think uh, with this new arrangement, again, uh, I guess we have to wait and sort of see how Popeye's goes, but uh, that they might have a better chance at, at success in China? Because like we've been saying, uh, KFC is... They've managed to become China's biggest restaurant chain, and and you know they're all basically making chicken and and even fried chicken. Mm. Uh, but like you said, a KFC, the forms of fried chicken you might see in a China KFC may not be exactly the same as what you see in the states. They're doing the right thing in in the face of adversity. You know, I have no idea what strategy they decided to pursue when they came here, but clearly. It is not working. And um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to go with an operator that has a proven track record. Now, this doesn't guarantee that for this particular product, the experience is going to be as successful. But if you're a foreign entity, you're a foreign company, you come into a market like China, especially when it comes to food, and you're not really bringing something extraordinarily new. Yes, you better go with somebody who has a track record and hopefully is going to help you, uh, you know, localize, customize your product range, uh, maybe even the way that the stores look or, you know, the overall experience when, when people go and order food and sit down and consume food and so on. I think they're doing the right thing. There's no guarantee that it's going to be successful, but at least it, it, you know, you're in the hands of a proven operator. We'll see. <laughs> Time will tell. Right. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. I'm a fan of theirs, so I hope they uh, do well in China. Although I have to say I was a fan of Tim Hortons till I, I tried their donuts and they're just so <laughs> different. <laughs> they're so different. <laughs> from the donuts in America that I, I really don't I don't go there very often uh, for that reason. Well, maybe maybe that's because they're healthier. Uh, they're healthier. And, and obviously these stores are not catering to the handful of Americans living in China. They're going after the right. mass market. So. And right. you're right. I'm sure, sure they're a lot less oily and, and healthy, but it's still not the same. Okay. Anyhow, uh, we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening again this week. Uh, join us next week for another edition of China Inc., when we'll look once more at the latest trending Chinese business topics. Hope to see all of you then. Uh, goodbye for now. Thank you and goodbye.